You are listening to ACPN. Time for the best movie podcast in Matt's apartment ever. Ever made in Matt's apartment. This is Rewind Cinema. My name is Matt. I'm sitting with Gabe. We're talking about a cult classic today, a great film. I don't know if it's a cult classic. Maybe it was liked at this time. Who knows? Yeah, it was popular in its day. I'd say now maybe it's a cult classic. You think so? What, What is a cult classic, though? Uh, that's a good question. A movie that doesn't appeal to everyone, but is still really popular with a certain group of people? To me, it's a movie that had a poor box office showing, but had a resurgence later on in its life. This movie did not have a poor box office showing. It didn't. It didn't. It did well for its budget, which we'll talk about later, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll talk about cult movies later. Uh, mm-hmm. Glad we're here. Yo. Welcome to the Rewind Cinema Apartment. Another week I'm alive. It was a good week. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we start the show, Matt, I have a, I have a game I want to play with you. Mm. It's not really a game, but let's call it On the Couch <laughs> with Matt and Gabe. <laughs> so it's a talk show, not a game. Yeah, can you, give, game. Can, you, can you get me some music, too, as well, in this episode? Beep, 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 Stop. I want oh. real music oh, okay. underscoring... <laughs> You better go back and do it, too. Uh, um, I'll try. All right, so I have a question. Last night, yeah. I had a dream. And I'm going to tell you my dream, and then I want you to analyze it. I okay. You to tell me what it means. This is what, oh, hence I like this. why we're calling it On the Couch with, with People Matt. don't know, but I went to school for dream for, studies. For, for dream analyzation. Dream studies is what it was called. Oh, dream studies, I right. I got my BA in dream studies. Right, right, right. So here's my dream. Mm-hmm. I am in a house. I'll try to be quick, uh, although I might be verbose okay so is that is that the right word so cut me off Mm. if you need to i am in a house it's my parents house but it's not the house i grew up in in the dream it's their house Mm -hmm. but it's not they've never lived in this home in real life Mm -hmm. it's just some house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my parents house and the house is attached to like a giant convention center and there's some weird event going on there's a lot of people around i wake up one morning in my bed and mm-hmm. I go spend some time with my parents. My aunt is there for some reason. So it's weird, familial things are going on. I'm hanging out with my family. I spend some time at this event. My brother's there. We have a few drinks at like a craps table. It's very strange. One of those weird, you know, it moves from location to location quickly. Mm. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Here's the crux of the dream. I get back to my room mm-hmm. after doing all of these things. My room has been... Ram ransacked. I almost said ramsacked, which I don't mm. think is a word. Ransacked. It's now been, it is. It's been turned over, gone through. It's been turned. It's been turned. Someone turned it up in my room. It's disheveled. <laughs> I go into my bathroom. There's like a flask that I own for some reason turned mm. over, like someone was looking for booze, but they didn't. T- they didn't steal the flask, which doesn't make sense. It was a nice flask in the dream. Mm. Anyway, I'm like, okay, someone someone went through my room. Matt's making a very pensive face right now, rubbing his chin like Freud. Mm-hmm. Someone goes through my room, and then I, I turn to the towels that are on the towel rack in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. They are covered in snot. Uh, 
thinking poop. No. Okay. No, it could be poop, but it's it was someone had intentionally blown their nose. Hmm. Not even in a towel, like they literally had to blow their nose. They've blown it on the towel. Like they stood there and like went crazy and blew gooey, slimy snot. And then I looked to my bed and the snot is all over my pillows. And then I looked to my toilet and it's all over my toilet. Someone intentionally did this to me. They, they, they turned my room over. They went through everything and then they blew their disgusting snot all over my room. So, Matt, what am I going through? Tell me what's going on. You're depressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, a big house that's not your own. Um, you know, you feel like an outcast. Yeah. A little bit of an outcast, all right? I do, yeah. I'm, I'm getting something from the 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 craps table and the the liquor yeah like a vagabond of sorts like i have no home even like though i'm home no it's, place. it's not my parents house but it it's is not your parents place there's, there's pe- it's kind of like mother there's people in the house but oh, why are they you there don't know who they are you don't know who they are that's strange that's really strange and the snot yeah what is that see that's what i think the dream the is about snot it's 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 like those dreams i often have dreams where i lose my teeth which mm-hmm. is an insecurity dream apparently you wake up there's no teeth in your mouth i heard that's out. like a thing i heard that's like a thing when um your body is trying to tell you that you have cancer um <laughs> uh, indeed in, indeed <laughs> jk i'm going to the doctor actually right after this so oh okay I'll, good i'll ask him let me know um yeah so anyway I, I i don't know what that's about but thanks for your your half analyzation do you have any other thoughts about it i'm depre- um, you said i'm depressed i have no home no in sense of- some way um obama is to blame oh in every way yeah in uh, some obama, way. obviously yeah so um, i think that's really what it's about yeah it's okay, your, it's your it's your radicalization, your politicization. I trust you. It's it's that. I trust you because you you went to school for it. What do you call it? A dream. Uh, dream studies. <laughs> dream studies. Yeah, please don't make fun of it. It's very uh, serious. I'm no no I'm not. No no I'm very very serious. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for analyzing my dream. Of course. Um, I'll bring more to you if I have them. But yeah, I just thought it oh. was weird. What well, the snot? You know, it's such a hmm. such maybe a it'll slimy... be a consistent theme in your dreams, and, a, and at that point I can kind of get a better idea. But right now it's just kind of very it's very obscure. What if I got home? today my apartment was covered in snot i would i would You'd know it wasn't me i would freak out i would know it wasn't you because you think it's me i can tell yeah, yeah yeah maybe it was you in the dream yeah and then but maybe it's me the whole time but i don't know it's me because i'm i'm insane wouldn't that be cool if you could go into people's dreams don't they do that in a movie called inception <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> kind of kind oh yeah okay anyway thanks for an- analyzing also my page master Ooh. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Um, we're talking about a movie that involves some big dreams. Mm. These people have some dreams for themselves. Not really. Nobody has dreams in this movie. That's that's true. But it is a uh, a funny cult classic, if you will. Maybe Friday. What you want? What you got? Boy, what the fuck you want? Give me some chili freedom. Come here. Come here. What's up, big pond? I mean, big wine? You saw that, bud? That's old son of Well, give me the rest. Somebody want a couple 20s around the corner. Nah, this bullshit. 
know I sold that shit. You talking about my money? Huh? Don't you see we having grown folks business? Damn. No, shut the hell up. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 120, 140. That's $100. Stop playing with me, Smokey. You know what happened? You gonna laugh your ass off. You know Craig? Craig got fired yesterday. What the fuck that gotta do with me? Let me explain. We was talking over all our problems, right? And you know how we do it. We started getting high, nigga. We got fucked up. Look, nigga, I'm gonna be here 10 o'clock on the dot. Not 10.03, not 10.36. If you ain't got my money or my bud, I'm killing you and him. Gabe. Who chose Friday? Did I choose Friday? Uh, I, th- I don't, I don't remember. I think you did. Did I uh, choose Friday? I, yeah, I wanted to ask you what if it okay. appealed to you and, and why. Because I, I like this movie a lot. I'm glad yeah. you, I'm glad you chose it. Yeah, I chose Friday because there's an emotional attachment. It's a movie that I watched when I was in my early teens with you know my group of friends and I remember really thinking it was hilarious. And I still do think it's hilarious, which is great because. Yeah, a lot of these movies you return to. A few of them we have this year already, and we're just not as in love with them as we used to be. Yeah. Friday holds up and it holds up very well. And it I'm does. Glad I laughed a lot. It. I was really happy oh, yes. initially. Sometimes with these movies with the show, you're like, man, I got to watch this movie. But I, I kind of felt that way with Friday. But then I started to watch it and was like, man, I this is a movie that I truly haven't seen in probably 15 years. Yeah, and I was really happy because I remembered it vividly, and I was so kind of enamored by it you kind of love it you kind of love this movie oh you have to you have to this movie is directed by f gary gray who also directed the italian job straight out of compton he directed a ton of music videos in the in the 90s which i'm assuming is how he got this job because yeah. he worked with ice cube the quite ni- a bit. did you say ice cube i said ice cube <laughs> and it sounded right as it was coming out try it again ice cube ice cube there you go not ice, ice cube, cube. Uh, he also directed The Negotiator and mm-hmm. set it off. Yeah. And he also, a bit of trivia, not really, but he looks exactly like Chance the Rapper. He looks... He does. Exactly like Chance the Rapper. I was like trying Chance to place rapper. him. And he's in this movie, right? He is. He makes a cameo. Which yeah. is very Chance the Rapper of yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was written by Ice Cube and uh, another guy that I can't remember right now, but... <laughs> Ice Cube is probably the most important. Uh, D- DJ Pooh. DJ Pooh. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I but, don't know either. But good on you, Pooh. Somebody knows who DJ Pooh is. Yeah. But um, he also wrote all about the Benjamins, hmm. which is uh, not a film I'm fond of. Obviously, I haven't seen it in a long time. But, Never saw. Uh, it. Never saw. Wouldn't it. go back and watch it. I don't think. But this is this is choice. The actors in the film: Ice Cube. Chris Tuck. I did it again. You did it again. I did it again. Ice Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube. There you go. Chris Tucker, Nia Long, and Bernie Mac is in this. Bernie he, freaking Mac. This is before Bernie Mac kind of had his notoriety, I think. He was obviously taken away from us too young. Yeah, he was, man. Bernie Mac was great. Everyone everyone loved Bernie Mac. Did anyone not oh, love Bernie Mac? No. He had the show, the Bernie Mac show. It was great. <sighs> he was so awesome. Regina King, did you say she's in this movie? She's famous. She's, she's done a ton movie. of work. Yeah. And uh, and then you mentioned Nia Long, who's also mm-hmm. beautiful and, oh, yeah. and and kind of an icon. Mm-hmm. Um, she's great. Did you did you notice this? And while we're talking about the cast, did you notice that uh, freaking what's his face is in this movie for like five seconds? Hmm. And I know that what's his face <laughs> doesn't help you. Hmm. Michael Clark Duncan. 
Oh yeah. Did you see him? He's one of the friends early he, he, on. He's playing. Yeah. He's playing craps. Yeah. Which I had a dream about craps play table. Wow. Maybe it has to do with uh, Michael Clark Duncan. But he's he he was huge, and yeah. this is before he was huge. But he's in the Green Mile. He's in. A, it was also um, taken from us too early. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, he's he's one of the craps players in a in a story that Smokey tells, and you're like, hey, that's freaking Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Very strange. Not credited. We spoke about Daredevil last episode. We did. Two episodes ago. And he plays... He's in that movie. He's the evil guy Is in he the Kingpin movie. in that movie? He's Kingpin, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, Michael Clark Duncan. The budget for Friday was $3.5 million. It grossed $28.2 million worldwide. Ay, 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 it's all about the Benjamins, man. Baby. They got a bunch of them. Oh, they got so many Benjamins from this so movie? So many. The tagline for this show is, a lot can go down between Thursday and Saturday. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. Yeah. Friday's a crazy day. Yeah, so uh, quickly, uh, just, because for this, I can't speak today. <laughs> oh, Woody Allen's in the theater. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Friday. I mean, like, come on. I mean, it's <laughs> so good. Anyway, the plot of the movie, quickly, because IMDb kind of gave it to me in a concise manner. Two homies, Smokey and Craig. Mm-hmm. smoke a dope dealer's weed and try to figure out a way to get the $200 they owe to the dealer by 10 p.m. that night. And that's what it is. And that's what it is. And that's what it and is. And so just quickly, that I think that will help our listeners overall as we break down the story. That like To give them a quick plot overview mm-hmm. is probably a good idea. That's what happens in this movie. It's yeah. a slice of life. It's almost like waiting for Godot-esque mm-hmm. if it took place in Compton yeah. in the 1990s. But my notes are very sparse. Yeah. So it's good to get an idea of the general yeah. happenings in the film before we get too far into the abstract. Yep. Uh, but just one fun fact before we move on. The cast members were warned not to wear red due to their safety. Wow. 126th Street, where the film uh, was shot, was a Crip neighborhood. Which explains why Smokey wow. was wearing blue. Really? That has to be terrifying. That is terrifying because Chris Tucker is straight up wearing navy blue, the mm-hmm. whole, like no logos, navy blue black backwards hat, navy blue t-shirt mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. And there was also another fact about um, some people who were on a street during a, a, a scene they were filming, but they weren't leaving. And the, the people that were doing like the set management and stuff were like, hey, can you please leave? They said no. They offered them a walk-on role in the movie. They offered them money. And they said, no, we just want to be here. We're, you're not, we're not going to move. That's horrifying. And it was the scene where, uh, we might talk about this later, we might not, but Smokey is in the car with his two Hispanic Yeah, uh, and he smokes angel dust, friends, unknowingly. And he smokes <laughs> angel dust, and you kind of see these two guys in the background of that shot that weren't supposed to be oh, there. Oh, okay. I'll have to, I'll have to yeah. go back and, and see if I can spot them. Yeah. I didn't know that. So Act 1 opens with Mr. Jones, who is Craig's dad, Ice Cube. Did I do it right? You did. Okay. <laughs> you did it very well that time. Okay, I'm self-conscious about it No, no, it it's okay. You just um, stick with it. Just just keep working okay. it out. Ice Cube? Um, Ice Cube <laughs> <laughs> um, is, uh, uh, you know, questioning about his eating habits. He says he just lives there and kind of mooches off the family. Very funny scene. Very funny. He's eating an entire bowl of Cap'n Crunch, but he runs out of milk and... You know, everyone's been there at some point. The solution that his parents offer is just put water put in water it, in which it. is great. Which is terrible. Well, well, I mean, gross, yeah. but like, it's just so funny. It just shows yeah. kind of the character of, of his parents. His dad is so funny. that he, the, the first time you see his dad, he's eating. He's always eating, mm-hmm. which is a 
excellent touch in this movie. He's eating some grapes. He's hiding his grapes from him. Oh, it's such a funny monologue, too. He, t- he rips his son in half about how he eats the ribs, and he eats the this and that, and everything in this house, his son just consumes it, and he never leaves anything for his dad, mm-hmm. and it's a very, very funny scene. And, and just to put a face to the name, this actor is John Witherspoon. Yes. It, if you recognize that name, you might not, but he's he's kind of the person that's in a lot of these types of films. Yeah, he kind of... Smaller roles. Makes me feel bad for him, because I think he established himself this way with yeah. Friday, and yeah. then he was pigeonholed into that with a lot of other movies. But he's hilarious. But he's, he's one of the very, best characters in this film. He's very good in this movie. Um, and one thing I will say is this movie does a very good job of giving you the circumstances of who Craig is super quickly. Yeah. We understand where he's from, what his socioeconomic status is, yep. what he's about, what his family's like immediately. You meet all the characters. The 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 really the first like not the first third of the movie, but you kind of just meet the everybody in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. There's really nothing that happens. You're mm-hmm. just introduced to characters. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Jones tells Mr. Jones um, that Craig got laid off, which isn't something that she was supposed to do. There was kind of an agreement there between Craig and his mom. Yeah. I saw him yeah. that, but he ends up getting you know, betrayed. Um, and there's <laughs> a recurring motif in this movie where Mr. Jones is using the bathroom, yes. number two, yes. <laughs> while talking to Craig. And Craig always tries to avoid it, but he's always yeah. like, come in here, boy. Get in the, get in the you bathroom. You come in here. Yeah, he makes him go in. You come in here, and you just hear the noises. Yeah. They don't shy away from it. They play into it, and it's very funny. It's very funny, and it's, it, this movie is it's really special because it's a slice of life that's almost... It's fantastical, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's very realistic. It's definitely heightened. It's heightened, but yeah. it's like... I think the point of it... So he's in the bathroom with his dad, and they, they use a sound effect that's utterly unrealistic for him yeah. dropping logs into it's the like, toilet. This going, <laughs> and it's so fake, <laughs> yeah. but they stick with it, and it's funny, and it's like... It's so not real. Yeah. But you, you just go with it. And, and he's it, using the aerosol can. No, above he's, his spraying head. he's spraying everything and talking to his son. It's so funny. Yeah. So good. But the gist of this scene is that he wants him to get a job. He wants him to make an honest living. Well, he was laid off. We didn't see He was that. laid off. Craig yeah. was laid off from his job on his day off, which is like the point of like, how could you get laid off yeah. when you're not at work? Or the, fired, really, not laid off. They, the security camera footage at work showed that somebody that looked like him was stealing boxes. Like Yeah, they had robbed the, the warehouse. Something so trivial. Gabe yeah. almost knocked his computer over. I'm just excited. Everything's okay. He's very excited to talk about Friday. Uh, but the end of Act 1 involves um, Smokey, who we get introduced to right after this, is Chris Tucker's character, who's kind of this mm, no-good, funny guy in the neighborhood that sells pot. Um, he owes $200 or the weed that he's been smoking back to this guy named Big Worm. Yes. Who is kind of the the drug kingpin, I guess, in this neighborhood. And yeah, Smokey sure. is working for him, essentially. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the money. So he, he's in, he sells for Big Worm. Yeah. And one of Smokey's problems, and one of the reasons Smokey is such a funny character, as we find out, he just lives to get high. Mm-hmm. His whole room is decorated in, in Cheech and Chong paraphernalia <laughs> and like just any any weed paraphernalia you can imagine, his room is is decked out. That's all he wants is just to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. And he, he does it very gracefully and makes a lot of funny faces. It's Chris Tucker like just unleashed doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah. But the crux of the movie is, yeah, he they're sitting on the, the porch one day and they smoke. He gets Craig to smoke, who doesn't smoke. Mm-hmm. And Smokey's not a very honest character. He's a no. lo- he's a likable, lovable character. 
But he says it's his weed. It's not a big deal. But it's not. It's it's Big Worm's weed. He mm-hmm. smokes it, and now they owe Big Worm two hundred bucks. Yeah. And something really important about Craig's character is that he doesn't smoke weed. Right. Which isn't common, and Smokey talks about that. Right. But he does rope him into using it, and thus makes Craig an accessory to the use of the pot. Correct. And wraps him into this thing where <laughs> Big Worm is like, if you don't have my 200 bucks by 10 p.m., I'm going to shoot both of you guys. I'm going to kill you both. I'm, I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. 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 And, and Smokey... Tries to play it cool, but he knows deep down that that's something that could that's very a, well That's happen. a reality. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, everyone says Big Worm's not going to do anything, and they still have to try to get the money back or they mm-hmm. could die. And, and that's one of the things that I love about this film is that it's very much like Mallrats. It's very much like Clerks and that it's a bunch of characters where zany stuff happens, and it's kind of in between all these yeah. different moments, but... This film does a great job at establishing the circumstances very quickly. You know what the stakes are. You know what's going to happen if they don't get the money back. Right. And then from that point on, it's like, how do they get the money? Whereas with Mallrats, it's like, what the, what uh, do I care about? Yeah, throughout so this many different things. Film? Yeah, introduction. The, the introductions are made in, in Mallrats. Too many different new things. This movie is sort of like, you know, the easy, simple scenario, mm-hmm. simple filmmaking, not a lot of crazy choices. But it's it's so simple that it's arti- It's this be- It's like beautiful. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's this endearing, beautiful movie that's like Clerks. Like you said, it's more like Clerks mm-hmm. if it took place in L.A. or Compton or wherever this takes place. I think I want to say maybe I'm just it's thinking about West Coast in, yeah, rappers, West but Coast, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just great. We know exactly what's happening. So the first act of this movie and really the whole movie is just a parade of characters from the neighborhood. Yeah, that's what I wrote. It's like this parade one after another. Debo shows up, Big Worm, the goofy guy who lives next door. I think his name is Reggie. Yeah, who doesn't want people walking on his grass? Mm-hmm. Who's like owns oh, so, like a muscle car. Like he, a really he, nice he's car. like sort of the the nerdy like white guy character, but he's not. He's, he's very he, well to do though. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he's black, but he's he's like that. I don't know, like Carlton almost. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good. Comp. Yeah, yeah, um, and and the movie doesn't have a lot of structure to it. Yeah, it's sort of like just what's going to happen at the end. So mm-hmm. where are we in the in the discussion about they smoke weed together? They smoke weed together. At this point, they're just trying to get money from anyone. I think they're trying to like ask their family members, or they're trying to call up some debts, stuff like that. Nothing really works out. Um, but an important scene that happens is that Debo, who we haven't talked about. Um, his name is Tommy Tiny Lister. Yeah, which is an oxymoron. An oxymoron. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, we're a, uneducated. Remember? What's uh, 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 it's, it's 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 ironic. I'm just gonna say it's we'll a nickname. S- we'll say it ironic. is ironic because he's not tiny at all. He's very big. He's a big man. He's a very big man. Yeah, and he has a cross eye, and he's dangerous in the neighborhood. Like everyone's afraid of him, and so he comes up to Smokey and Craig while they're sitting on the porch. And uh, the the nerdy character you mentioned before, he leaves. Yeah. And so he gets the idea to break into his house. And he says, Smokey, come with me. We're going to steal stuff. Yeah. And Smokey doesn't want to. He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, also, he's afraid of... He's afraid of Debo, of yeah. course. But that, that that's why I think Smokey's one of the reasons he's endearing is he's not really... He doesn't... He's not have to hurt anybody. He just wants to get high. Yeah. He's not... He's not doing hood rat stuff with his friends as <laughs> that one kid did nice. in a YouTube video. Um, and... Debo is very intimidating. When Debo shows up, you remove your jewelry, you you try to act cool. Yeah. But you do what he says because he carries around a very big knife mm-hmm. and he's very intimidating 
And he gets Smokey to, to try to rob their next door neighbor while Ice Cube, uh, Craig, keep, keeps watch. Yeah, and, and the important thing about this is that they do get $200. Yeah. They get the exact amount of money that they need <laughs> yes. to free themselves from Big Worm. But, but Debo takes all of it. Yeah, when they're done, Chris Tucker is like, all right, man, give me, give me my share. And he's like, I got $200. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets back on his bike, which he stole from another guy in the neighborhood. Yeah, Red. <laughs> Red, yeah. who is this very weak sort of like, you who, know. Yeah, who tried to get his bike back earlier yeah. but got uppercutted by Debo. Got beat up. They established that Debo's hard. Like, Debo will take care of you and beat you up if you try <laughs> to do anything. So, uh, yeah, Red's kind of like a dog with his tail between his legs the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, anyway, Debo takes the money and, and leaves. Yeah. Um, it's also important to note that Craig actually owns a gun. He owns a Glock. Uh, there's a really touching scene, actually, where his dad is talking to him about his uncle, who was involved in gun violence and Very, was yeah. killed. And he puts up his fists and says, you know, this is all you need. You don't need a gun. You know, you win some, you lose some, but at the end of the day, you walk away, is what yeah. he says. Yeah, he says, you know, men used to, and, and it is a really great scene, because the movie you don't think is like this necessarily touching thing, but amidst this silly slice-of-life comedy where things are a little bit heightened, there is a moment where the, I think the director is trying to educate us, like the dad says that you're less of a man when you use a gun. He says yeah. guys use guns these days because they're afraid of getting their ass kicked. Well, it's also, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it, worth your life. He's like, you're afraid of getting beat up, but when I was a kid, this is all we needed. And he mm-hmm. shows him his fist and he gives him a let, put the gun down. And, and so he says, you're more of a man if you use your fist because you lived, like you said, you live to fight another day. You don't die like mm-hmm. an idiot. Yeah. You, you fight and you, you might win, you might lose, but you live mm-hmm. and you move on. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that has a, a that plays into the movie at the very end. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. And there are some um, scenes that are quite problematic in this film. Oh, okay. Tell me Things what you're thinking. Things that wouldn't work today, I don't think. Tell me what you're thinking. So there's a scene where Bernie Mac comes up. He's a preacher at a local church. He comes by to, to um, I can't remember exactly what he's doing. Uh, and just visiting the visiting the neighborhood, the you know, ma- making the house calls, keeping the yeah, keeping ke- the peace. Yeah, keeping the peace. But there's an attractive older woman who lives <laughs> across, across the, street. the street from yeah. them that yes. they notice and is very in shape and is is pretty. And so he goes over to talk to her and goes in with her. And then you can imagine what happens when those two are alone. But she has a husband who comes by who yes. is. A little person. A little person. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot the actor's name. He's in a lot of stuff, though. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a famous actor. He's in Bad Santa. He's mm-hmm. that guy. I forgot his name. Tony Cox is his name. Yeah, but Mr. he comes Parker. home and is very upset and is kind of running around chasing them. <laughs> and I was just like, man, 95 was such a different time. Like, I don't feel like you could do that. Yeah. In 2018. Uh, 95 was a different time. No, yeah. you're right. I've, I've, I experienced that with a lot of these movies, like we were talking about with Mall Rats. They use the word retarded <laughs> a lot and they use yeah. it flippantly and you can't do that these days not not that you should do that these days but i'm just yeah. saying it is a different time altogether so this little person is chasing bernie mac and obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> not not doing the best job yeah. and uh and that's fine you yeah. know but you have to watch it and go okay it's yeah. just a great part of the film though i don't know it's yeah it's, like... it was certainly a point of comedy for me as a teenager in 1995 yeah, yeah. And another one is there's this kind of um, Smokey's trying to get with. So there's a character named Debbie. 
it's kind of some background work that has to happen here. But right. Debbie is a character that Craig is interested in. He's already dating someone, but he he likes Debbie. She's kind of the you know the pretty girl on the block that yes. has a future and knows what she's doing and is yes. very confident in herself. And Craig likes that. And Smokey wants to get with one of her friends, and so he calls her on the phone after getting a lead from Debbie. Never side unseen. You don't see her. Yeah. You have no idea what she looks like. <laughs> And he said he calls her on the phone. He's like, "Hey, what do you look like?" She said, "I'm light skinned." Some people say I look I'm, like Janet Jackson. Yeah, I'm light skinned, and she—I think she says I have a thick butt. Yeah, she said, I'm a thick butt, and some people say I look like Janet Jackson, yeah. which is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Because Janet Jackson is gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. And so Smokey's like, "All right, cool, come over, and, and you know, <laughs> we'll meet each other." <laughs> she comes over, and and as you can imagine, he looks at the car, and she sees like he starts to like put things together. He's like. Things aren't quite right here. Yeah, yeah. It's at nighttime. She gets out of the car. She's a very heavy woman. Yes. She takes off her hat. She, she has no she, hair. Yeah, she has extensions. Yeah. She has a wig. She's uh, Her head is basically like shaved. And so Chris, in true Chris Tucker fashion, <laughs> he's like, what, man? Oh, he freaks out. He freaks and out. And I, I laughed out loud because it is, it is a funny scene. It's funny because you were totally misdirected. Yeah. And maybe you could have assumed it based on the type of movie that it is yeah like you knew he'd be set up but i think the point you're trying to make is that that couldn't work today oh definitely not. because he to her it's so funny what's funny is that to her face well this isn't funny but to her face he's like god damn like you are you're so big so mean to her and he and and she says like oh well can i come around he's like never come around he's like i'll call you Never come around. Yeah, she's ever. like, you promise you'll you never call? come around. Yeah, she, yeah, she's like, you promise you'll call me. He's like, I will call you if you never show up again, <laughs> which is a it's lie. So bad. Which is a lie. But she she leaves and she's confident in who she is. That's why yeah. I think well, that's why it's okay because she leaves and she's like, all right, see you later, Smokey. And she's all yeah. like sexy with him and he's just really grossed out by it. Um, oh, but you're man. right. Yeah, that that's, uh, that couldn't work today and that's fine. That's fine. But it, yeah. it, it is a funny scene because Chris Tucker is just ridiculous and, oh. and funny. Dude, he's hilarious. And he's. Uh, he was like, they were both so young. Ice Cube was 26 when this movie was made, and Chris Tucker was like 24. Mm-hmm. They're they're like at the, just the beginning of their their power. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were talking about it earlier. Like, Chris Tucker was the highest paid actor yeah. in Hollywood yeah. in like 2007, 2008. That's 25 crazy. million for Rush Hour 3, and he was billed over Jackie Chan. Like, he was the selling point. Wow. Wow. It's insane. Over Jackie Chan. Over Jackie Chan. That's how American movies work, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, forget Jackie Chan, who's literally done movies since like the yeah. 80s or the 70s. Yeah. Let's put Chris Tucker on top billing. No, Jackie. Anyway, he meets this woman. He freaks out. She's yeah. not what he thinks. They're hanging out. They're still trying to figure out how to get this money. And then it, it getting closer to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And there's a drive-by. Like, right? Well, we uh, actually... Sk- we skipped an important scene, one important scene, um, where Smokey tries to steal money from Debo Correct. while yes. he sleeps. Right. So Debbie is the sister of this kind of, um, I don't want to say crackhead. Yeah. But maybe that's yeah. what they're going I, for I in think the that's movie. What they, I think that's what they're trying they to show. They allude to it. She's always... She's a drug user in She's some She's always way. asking to borrow stuff. Like yeah. She asked Craig to borrow his microwave at some point, and Craig's like, you can borrow my microwave. It's for. a funny like, recurring gag. She always yeah. wants to borrow like a huge piece of equipment. Yeah, like borrow your car, your VCR, your microwave, your microwave yeah. and she wants to smoke if you have weed or whatever. Yeah. She, you know, she and they 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 give her a costume and makeup that kind of makes her look like she's a user. Yeah, and she, yeah, I think that's the point. She's and she's harmless, but she's there. Yeah, and she sleeps with Debo. 
And which so which we come to find out, yeah. She's over at Debbie's house because, you know, they're What's sisters. Debbie's sister, yeah. So yeah. They're sisters. And so they're sleeping. So um, Smokey sneaks into this window. There's a funny scene where he's trying to steal the $200 from his wallet. Mm-hmm. He picks up his underwear with a straw that had these sh- nasty streak marks Doo-doo in them. stains in them, yeah. It's they funny. fall on his face. Yeah. They fall on, on Debo's face and he has to pull them off. It's a funny scene. Yeah. But that just goes to show that they, they tried everything. Everything they everything. possibly could to get the money back. Yes. But they don't get it by 10 p.m. So they're stuck in the house. Craig's dad makes Smokey leave. He's like, you can't be here yeah, get at 10 p.m. Here, I know yeah. what's going on. You need to leave. Yeah. And so he sends him outside. But Craig is like, man, I can't let Smokey go out there alone. So he picks up his gun, goes outside. Yeah. And then they go outside and they're like, man, nobody's around here. Like... Nobody's coming no after us. No big deal. Us. Big Worm's a liar. He's not gonna not gonna hurt us. Whatever. They look down the street and there's a van. The van picks up and there's like a Mac Ten. Oh, a sub crazy! It's like gun. four like, guys get out of the car and do a drive by. Yeah, and but they miss everything, of course, because um, it's a yeah. comedy. And yeah. and Smokey picks up his gun and is like on the top of a roof, like you can't shoot me, and he's like shooting he at him. To, yeah, but he screams. It's like, kind of ridiculous. Away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the important thing is that they get away. Um, Can I just say quickly, uh, so the sister, Felicia, who sleeps mm-hmm. with Debo, I had no idea by Felicia that that her? came from this movie. Yeah. The phrase, by Felicia. Which isn't a thing anymore. It was a thing for like I, I, a year. I think it's still a thing. People still say, by Felicia? I think they do, ironically. What? Like, to be funny, yeah. Oh, ironically. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. think they actually use it, but people still say that. Think so? I've I've seen that phrase for twenty years. I had no idea it was from this movie. Man, I feel like it wasn't a big thing until like two years ago. Really? And then it was big for a year, and now it's not a thing well, anymore. I, either way, I just I was impressed. I was like, wow, because I Ice Cube says it to Felicia. She comes over and wants something, and he's yeah. like, "Bye, Felicia." It's just a throwaway. He doesn't mean literally goodbye. He's like, "Get out of my yeah. face!" Like, "Get off my property!" Bye, Felicia. Yeah, and that's just so cool. I had no clue that that's from Friday. What a yeah. neat thing that this stuck around. Yeah, culturally, and such a throwaway line. Yeah, like they, they had didn't no, think they, twice they, about that. They had no idea. Yeah, didn't and know it was going to become a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, that's really really cool. Yeah, um, so they get away after the shooting. And then everyone kind of congregates outside to see what's going on, and Debo comes out. He ends up getting off his bike, starting a commotion, and slaps Debbie. Yeah, she Wait, she because basically Debbie, De- yeah, Debbie. <laughs> Debbie so, in the face. So it turns out that Debo had punched Felicia mm-hmm. in the face. Yeah. Um, because he thought Felicia stole his money. Yeah, or tried to steal his money. Tried to, and uh, so he wakes up. I guess discovers someone had gone through his stuff. He hits Felicia and uh, Ice Cube's outside, you know, sees that he's hit her. And then he hits Debbie, which is Ice Cube's love interest. Mm-hmm. And Ice Cube, thinking back to the conversation he had with his dad, whips his gun out mm-hmm. and points it at Devo because Devo's challenging him, gets a knife. And it is poignant because we get to see sort of the whole denouement, like the, the, the completion of the circle here is that his father is like pleading, Craig, give me the gun, give me the gun, let go. Give me the gun. So he finally hands it over, and then he has to fight Debo mm-hmm. and become a man. Yeah. And he wins. And mm-hmm. it's a great scene because the mom is like, please stop him. And his dad's like, keeps her away. Let him be a man. Let him be a man. Yeah. So the dad not encourages the fight, but he, he lets Craig handle the situation. Turns out Craig beats Debo up. He wins. And kind of all is well, I guess. Yeah. They get the money back. Yeah. And that's that's it. Yeah, and it, and you know Debo does some nasty stuff. He says like, 
come get your ass beat like your dad used to. Like, yeah. That kind of stuff. Just yeah, kind of yeah. get Craig riled up. On, yeah. You know, Craig does have to use a plank of wood, a trash can. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's not a gun. He doesn't just shoot yeah. him in the face. You know what I mean? He uses whatever and, he can to take Debo down. Sure. I sure. mean, um, you think he's losing there for a bit. Like, you think that maybe he'll just get his ass beat and that's kind of yeah, it. Yeah. But he ends up, he ends up winning. Um, which is very heartwarming. It's a good end to this movie. Everyone kind of gets theirs too. Like, yeah, Debo's this terror on the neighborhood. Smokey gets in his face and is like, "How oh, you got knocked up? Oh, yeah, man. after he's already been beaten up, and yeah. everyone goes gets their stuff back. Red gets his bike back, takes a chain, chain back from yeah. Debo. It's funny because he's like, "My, my grandma got my this grandma for me, gave me which this he said chain. when you know when Debo took it from him. And yeah." It's a good scene. It's a good. It's it a is. good heartfelt it's scene. It's very funny. The end of this movie is is basically Smokey calling Big Worm and saying, you know, I'm done with weed. This is it. I'm gonna give you your money back. I'm done. And then at the end, he's and then psych. And then he starts smoking it again <laughs> and looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. And says, "I was just bullshitting," <laughs> and you know this, man. Which is his phrase, which is great in this movie. He uses it several times. Oh man, man, I I used to love this movie, uh-huh. and it's it's weird because as a kid, like I grew up in in North Texas, I there were not a lot of not a lot of diversity in my schools when I was a kid. There was some, but for some reason, and I think you feel the same way because you mentioned this earlier, like we watched this movie as kids. Yeah. This was a popular movie with your friends. This is a movie, like many movies on this list, I didn't get to watch at home. This was a spend the night movie <laughs> and turn on Friday because Chris Tucker is funny. Yeah. So I remember thinking back last night when I was watching it of like, I didn't, I've never watched this movie start to start to finish. I've just watched a lot of scenes from it and I remember all of the scenes and I remember how funny Chris Tucker is and the mom and the dad and like all these things. But for some reason, a bunch of white kids in North Texas latched onto this movie. Why do you think that is? Like it was a picture of life that we had no idea about. I think even because we might not have been in those specific circumstances, sure. which certainly there were places like that in North Texas. Uh, absolutely. But we, um, I guess we didn't, we, didn't we weren't exposed to that. Yeah. And a lot of people that we know weren't and people listening to this podcast probably weren't. Sure. Um, but still, there were things that you could connect with and empathize with. Everyone knew a bully that picked on everyone. Oh, yeah, sure. And, you know, everyone at some point felt like they had to do what they had to to get rid of that person, maybe. Yeah. Or, you know, everyone, not everyone, but most people have probably been in some sort of fight, physical fight. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you also had stoner friends. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when we were 10 years old or whatever, however old we were, yeah, 10, 11 when this movie came out, like, weed was... I don't know. I had no idea, like no concept of what that was, and so we, you know, we didn't have Cheech and Chong. We did, but we didn't watch those movies. They were yeah. popular in like the seventies and eighties. We didn't think that was funny. Yeah. But this, these were rapper. Like this was Ice Cube was like popular. There was mm-hmm. music that we were listening to, and and this was like this picture of life from the other side of the nation that like we had no, I we had no idea what it was about and so it was like fascinating to watch these two dudes on a stoop mm-hmm. in you know la and like the fact that a drive-by could happen in your neighborhood and it's not really that big of a deal and like yeah it was fascinating it's definitely a cultural phenomenon yeah and you know it's hard to come by movies like this that are done this well um i will say that you know i've compared it to mall rats and clerks before I think that it's so effective because, again, we know the stakes so early on. We know the characters so early on. 
we know everything about them that we need to know. Yeah. And at that point, it just becomes, how do they get there? And so when we have all these little scenes that are funny or just feel like color or don't necessarily feel like they go anywhere, they're still adding up to something, which is what Mallrats didn't do for me. And so all in all, I think this is an excellent film. Um, the performances from top to bottom are great. There's nobody that's bad. Everyone plays yeah, pretty much a caricature, except for Craig. Everyone's kind of weird and out there. They play like an archetype of a character, and that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It works. Um, nothing special in terms of direction in this movie, I don't think. Like camera work or any of that kind of stuff. It's all pretty plain. It's all pretty plain. Which is fine. But I want to say, I think F. Gary Gray... He was 26 when he made this movie, and yeah. he shows real maturity. Mm-hmm. You can watch the movie and be like, this is just a screwball stoner comedy, but it's not. Like there, There's maturity to it. There's yeah. a weird... He just sort of knows, he understands this life, and I think he shoots it so simply and mm. so effectively. Yeah. So praise to you, uh, F. Gary Gray. I would say this is a watch. I definitely agree. Yeah. This is a watch. This is a watch. Yeah. I'm glad we could come to a conclusion there, Gabe. You know? Feeling the same way about this. Feeling film. the same way. Feeling the same way. But we're done with this. We're gonna move on. All right. We're gonna move on to our game show. Let's move the movie on draft. to the movie draft. This week we're gonna go ahead and do best stoner comedies. I like it. How's that feel? I haven't watched a lot of stoner comedies. We've watched one at least. <laughs> one at least. Yeah. Well, we've watched two. We have. Think about one that we watched mm. last time. What did we watch last time? Harold and Kumar go to yeah, White Castle. That's what I was saying. Oh. Oh, sorry. I, I thought, you meant, I thought you meant Friday. <laughs> sorry. Oops. Oops. Okay. Anyway, so who went first last time? I think. Did I? You I think I did. did. So you're going to go first I'm this gonna time. I'm going to go first this time. Yowza. Well, if we have to pick the best stoner comedy, I, I'm working on just no real education here. I just haven't seen a lot of stoner comedies. Um, I'm going to go with... This isn't really a stoner comedy, but I'm going to pick it. Dazed and Confused. Well, that's a stoner comedy. Is it? It's more than that. They get high. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, it's it's based around weed culture. Okay. And right. high schoolers and, All right. and that. Did, I'm going to let it go. I think there's heavier stoner comedies than that. But Oh, for sure, for sure. I think if weed plays, it's at least somewhat of a plot point in a film. Yeah, and call it a I comedy. try to play this game based on the quality of the film. Yeah. So I have a hard time picking like a Cheech and Chong movie because I'm yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Classics, man. Classics. All right, for my first pick, I'm going to go ahead and go in a similar vein. I'm going to go ahead and go with The Big Lebowski. Ooh. I'll go ahead and go with that my, per- See, my first I pick. I wanted to pick that, but it's not... The dude is a stoner, but it's not really a stoner movie. He gets high a few times, yeah. but it's not, I mean, I'm pick it. Like, yeah. this is your pick. I'm just saying, it's not really a stoner movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, how many films are going to be based solely on weed? You well, know? no, but like, I think there's a differentiation between The Big Lebowski and a st- like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. That's like a stupid legitimately stoner so comedy. You're thinking that stoner comedy means like lowbrow humor. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking about anything that involves weed. Okay, perfect. Then I, I, no, I, I think it's a good choice. I love that movie. I would have... That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So I, I can't judge it, but I was just... That's great. Pick okay. it. 
Well, here is a movie that very much revolves around weed. I'm going to go ahead and pick Pineapple Express. All right. Never seen it, but I'm glad really? you picked it. No, it's, I know it's up there. You got to check it out, man. It's um, actually very funny. Okay, so because I don't have a lot of options left and I haven't seen these movies, I'm just going to have to pick. For my second pick, I'm going to have to go with Half-Baked, which is like a straight-up, all-around right. stoner movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... Biodome. <laughs> Biodome. Do, do they smoke in that movie? They're stoners. I don't know. Uh, and then for my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. All right, all right. I thought you might not pick it. No, I'm definitely going to pick it. All right. And so I have one pick left. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, Where's My Car? Never saw it. Also never saw it. Really? Yeah, didn't. Didn't appeal to me as a kid. You got some work to do, man. I have so much work to do. I mean, it's not like a cultural zeitgeist kind of film. I mean, but, I'm not uh, going to watch it. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's kind of funny, man. That's, that, that's vintage. I'll Ashton take your Kutcher. word for it. How about that? I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go ahead and review the lists here. My picks are The Big Lebowski, Pineapple Express, Dude, Where's My Car? Gabe's are Dazed and Confused, Half-Baked, Harold and Kumar. And again, these are best stoner comedies. Um, we want you to get involved. We want you to vote. We're going to post these lists on at Rewind Cinema Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can send us your vote at Rewind Cinema Podcast at gmail.com if you want to do that, of course. Um, we'll accept it any way you want to give it to us. Um, we would like to thank Natural Anthem for our music today. You can, you can find them at naturalanthem.net. We are a part of a podcasting network called the ACPN. You can check out shows like Adventure Club, Retro Cinema, and Childhood Remastered. They talk about similar films that we do, stuff from the past that you might enjoy. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, what are we doing next week, Gabe? I can't remember exactly what we're doing. I, I can't either, but I can tell you if you can stall for like this a few seconds. This shows <laughs> our level of preparedness on this show. Well, I didn't know you were going to ask me, but I'm almost um, there. Well, it's also my fault. I just put a question mark on that spot in our show notes. Oh, sorry. Okay, so we're almost there. We're almost there. Now, right. next week, we will be reviewing... Uh, oh. Is this, the, is this the Japanese film? It is. Mabarossi. I'm actually really excited about this one. Yeah, I've uh, can't I've wait never, to see what's going on. I had never heard of it. Matt picked it. It's a little more obscure. Mm-hmm. I think the reason you picked it because it got a lot of notoriety in terms of its it did. style. Did, did well in the review direction. circuit. The director's a famous director. Yeah. So yeah. so make sure you tune in for that. Um, next uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week. Watch more. Ooh. I was just bullshitting, and you know this, man.